space, the final frontier. Space Station Ashland sits on the edge of Federation space with its companionship, the USS Dalamis Christian. The space around them is full of mystery and strange wonders, where secrets are kept and danger lurks around every corner. The crew of the Dalamis Christian must navigate treacherous waters as they work to protect the Federation. But as they peer into the unknown, they will discover that the line between friend and foe is not always clear. They will be tested like never before and will face challenges that will push them to their limits. Join us on this adventure as we explore the farthest reaches of space and uncover the hidden truths that lie within the shadows. Tabletop Journeys presents Star Trek Preservations. Star Trek Preservations. The episode is entitled The Hunt on Takaris Prime. Welcome here, Takaris Prime. We welcome you. Solon welcomes you. Definitely, I don't know how familiar you are with ancient Earth literature, but it's definitely feeling a little Stepford. Welcome, Commander Tobor. Solon welcomes you. It's getting creepy. She hands you a small piece of paper, actually. I look at it. And it says, we should meet in the old city, and it's signed Tanar of Cardassia. As I'm holding the piece of paper and looking at it, I just raise one eyebrow at the attendant and look up at her. I grab a piece of paper, scrap paper, whatever, and just jot down very quickly for a Tanari try and set the security system into loop like so it's not recording all i know sir is the i'd sure rather have a functioning phaser handy when i need it than not have it i know we came for vacation but so far this seems as though it's going to be the opposite from the moment we've landed oh, no. it's been nothing but intrigue There are books from Bajor, but there are no Bajoran items for sale. And the shopkeeper comes up, who is a Cardassian, a young Cardassian, probably in their teens, uh, and says, Welcome to Tanars. How can I help you? We were given a recommendation to come check out this fine establishment and all of the wonderful texts and trinkets that are here. So I think we'll just browse a bit for, unless there's anything particular that you recommend we take a look at. In order to give a recommendation, I'd need to know where you're from. What do you like? What do you typically enjoy? Or what are some of the things you thought you might be interested in? 
that you haven't yet tried. Oh, we're all from the USS Delamus Christian, and I love a good mystery and intrigue novel. Do you have any of those you could recommend? Several. In fact, I would direct you to our section of Cardassian literature, where you can certainly take part in learn more about the Enigma Tales. And he shows you books. Some of these manuscripts are actually older, and a few of them even have some notes and from some of their teachings when they were taught in some of the University of Cardassia Prime before, before the Dominion War. So now, just the the note. So the Tanar, that's the shop name, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like a person, right? Okay. More specifically, it's Tanars. So it's a possessive title of the shop. So there, which would indicate that there is a Tanar, and this is his shop or their shop. Very good. Well, I'll pick out a couple of the like older, more first edition printings of a couple like classic intrigue mystery, like like Cardassian Sherlock Holmes. Right. For those who for those who do not recall the Enigma Tales is something that Garrick spoke about in at least one episode of DS9 where he talked about Cardassian literature and the focus of that literature being basically spy novels or detective novels or crime novels but the idea was everybody was guilty and what was the concept they're very popular in Cardassian literature I believe if I recall correctly they were designed more as periodicals similar to what you found things like the three musketeers back in the day when two mouse originally wrote them they actually just appeared in the local publications on a regular basis uh so you got this advancing storyline so think about it as like a literary svu or a literary law and order or a literary procedural but the idea is everybody including those investigating are guilty so it's all about how they created these scenarios or how they covered up these scenarios or how they laid blame at the wrong people and all of those details it's more like a treatment on how to commit a murder or how to commit a crime and not to get caught is the way these enigma tales are designed but uh, definitely in a not who done it but how do they manage to not get caught kind of way and what by looking through those a couple of them seem to have been written by a person whose familial name is tenar perfect i'll grab those and i assume like the shop boy is around or yep as you're looking at those an older person the same person who approached you in the hasperat shop oh. comes out taps the the child on the shoulder who then goes back and he says so you're interested in the enigma tales are you i always enjoy a good mystery while on vacation hmm but I'm sure that's well documented in my file. And I smile like a command presence 17 level, like smile. (laughs) It's beaming. You'll forgive me if I am uh, 
not as well versed on files as I used to be in my youth. This person is a fairly advanced stage. And you'll forgive me if I created any concerns. But when I heard that your specific Starfleet ship was going to be here, I thought it was important that I speak with you. We are here and we are listening. Shall we retire to someplace more comfortable and quiet? I think we're fine here. And then you notice the boy comes out of a side entrance, like a bookshelf near the front of the store opens up, and he flips the sign to close, clocks it, locks it, pulls down the shades, and then walks back in th- <laughs> into the, the little secret bookshelf exit. You have my attention, Mr. Tanar. I ask not out of disrespect for your position or your officers, but out of respect for you as an individual. Do you trust those that are with you to have the same information I am giving you? Absolutely. I trust my officers with my life. And he looks around. Excellent. I apologize in advance for any difficulty, but I am a Cardassian with a mission. Initial read, how does he seem? Nervous, agitated, angry, scared? He is a Cardassian who is not good at giving up the goods. So that is going to be an opposed role, sir. See, uh, so mental training to resist my emp- my empathic sensing of his emotions? Very much so. Fair enough. And so that would be insight security. And he is going to resist with control security. So might I counter that control also plays into my power as... I have to control it and go with control security as well. You may. Here it ends. What do we have for... I'm going to go ahead and spend a threat. No, I'm not. It's too early for that. I'll throw spend a momentum for an extra die. Okay. Do it. There's no point having bold if you don't do it. Okay. I'll do a threat. Excellent. Love the sound of that. So we are... Four total threat, five total momentum. He's actually well, going to spend five momentum. Then crap, I'm going to spend one threat and two momentum and get two more dies. Okay, he is going to spend one threat to get one die. Sweet. All right. It is an opposed roll. He has three total successes. I have five. I have two critical successes with a four and a five, and an eight, and then an 18, which is a failure, but that still gets me five successes. All right. You succeed. He had three. You had five. That's two. We'll throw you two momentum. Yeah, which refills the two I spent. Yep. And he is very calm, but worried. He's calm because he does not feel threatened in any way, shape, or form, and is not threatening. 
He's but got an underlying tension, worry, or anxiety, though. Okay. Exactly. Got you. And he Just says... want to know where I, we're starting from. Yep. And he says, I do apologize if I put any of you... Ill- um, you can often take the Cardassian out of Cardassia, but it is very hard to change the way the Order may have impacted him. I understand. Growing up on Rylos... For my family had a cat like that. We found it in near one of the dumpsters, and we always used to say, "You can take the kitty out of the dumpster, but you can't take the dumpster out of the kitty." Mm-hmm. Interesting turn of phrase. It sounds I like it. it sounds weird, but it means that it continued to maintain food insecurity and things like that from its upbringing. It didn't get along with the other cats in the house. Oh. I would say. Yes. I agree with your assumption. To cut to the chase, Commander, my days are not long. I've lived a great many years. I have seen horrible tragedies. By Federation standards, I have probably committed horrible crimes. But they are many years, many years in my past. Mm-hmm. I was in retirement, shall we say, during the end of the occupation. What was your name? Tanar. Is Tanar not a family name? It is. What is your name? Traduck Tanar. Traduck appear to be ill. Um, Insight medicine? My medicine's a four. I'm half doctor. Oh, yeah. I got emergency medicine for, like, combat situations, too. Insight medicine. Difficulty? Difficulty is going to be a two on this one. And I'll buy a die with a threat. Nah, momentum this time. It's not security. It's not security. It's medicine, so I can't with threat anyway, so it's momentum. Thank you. You can, you just wouldn't get the reroll from Bolt. Madison, I have two successes. Excellent. He does look not well. You do not have enough information to make a diagnosis, but you would say that there's a slight shake to him that is almost imperceptible, at least to you. Almost like he's purposely trying to control tremors. You can see him standing here and look standing tall and firm and looking like a proud Kardashian is actually causing him pain. But his control is such that he's not willing to show that weakness to you at this point. But he's clear. will then say, would you mind if we all had a seat, Trey Duck? It's been a long journey. And I've got to say that my 
My back is killing me. He'll say, of course, if you feel you need it. And he'll gesture towards uh, a small reading nook where there's tables for five. There's seating for five. And you all, I assume everybody goes to sit. As you're sitting, that boy comes out and brings like some kind of pillow and props it up so you can see these there. It's pretty obvious he's not able to completely control the fact that he's in some kind of pain. And that pillow in the, the lumbar region does seem to relieve some of that, that pain as he sits. And he is, as I said, he's a Cardassian of advanced years. Like, we're talking in modern human equivalents, he would be in his 80s. A- One 80s to 90s. But yeah. He, so beyond years at this point, beyond, be, I would say older than a Cardassian should normally live to in a lifespan. So he's advanced beyond those years, which is even more odd because Cardassians don't necessarily live that long by natural in their natural lives because there tends to be bad things that happen between their all of their wars and all the intrigue and all the assassinations and all of that you don't get people of power and levels that live to these advanced years it is a bit unusual to see a Cardassian of this amount of years a man who has definitely outlived his enemies so far or at least moved yeah. to the edge of space where they can't find him <laughs> more likely to be accurate but as you sit he does speak a little more at ease as a scene trait any situation where you are trying to negotiate or get him to give up information without opposing him will definitely have a benefit so you would basically reduce any of those difficulties by one because he's he appreciates the gesture though he doesn't recognize that it was done on purpose like he's just better disposed because he's now more comfortable and less in pain you have a benefit for doing so however if you are in opposition to him here's the caveat he's also not in pain so he'll be better able to hide things that he wishes to hide so that will make those roles one more difficult but at this point, he, you all sit, and he says, I'm an old Cardassian, and I have decided that my life needs to be about more than what it used to be. I retired from my old life and was content to just not engage anymore. I moved here when I saw the Tapa Council move into a situation where they might be in alliance with the Dominion. I was here when word of the horrors of Cardassia Prime reached our ears. And then it dawned on me that my life has to be about more than no longer doing the things I used to do. It has to be actively about repairing the things I used to do. And so I ask your help, Commander Tobor. Not all of my children willingly followed me on my path away from the darkness. 
some of them were less than acceptable in their treatment of others, especially during the occupation. I would say that those that follow me reaped the evil that I had sown. And my guilty conscience is the punishment for the acts of my youth. But that's a simplistic view because the real people who reaped the evil that I sown were the Bajoran people. And in specific, some Bajorans with whom I may now share a familial bond. Yes, the, the Bajoran provisional government has set up commissions to address these evils that have been reaped. I would definitely tell you that I had no direct hand in any of these evils upon the Bajoran occupation, but I have information that may help the Bajoran councils. But at the same time, I don't wish to open wounds for those who might be hurt by these things. I had hoped that one among your crew might be with you, but apparently they are not. I offer an invitation for your officer, Arza, to come meet with me, as I am her grandfather. And I would like the opportunity to know her. I can't speak for the evils of her father, but I will do everything in my power to make up for those. I would provide her with the information necessary to secure his capture, his arrest, and any restitution he might owe the Bajoran councils for the evils he wrought upon their people. But as that would destroy and damage my familial name, I would also seek to bestow some additional information. A sequel to my Enigma Tales, a series of short novels that I have been working on in my retirement. Or they will make a fascinating read. Yeah. They're known as the Conundrum Chronicles. And unlike the Enigma Tales where they talk about how everyone was guilty and nearly everyone got away with it, this is the tale of how those guilty can be caught. It won't go over well in Cardassia. The events of the last few years have uh, made what was done during the occupation seem to be the lesser of two evils. So, plenty of families survived. 
Perhaps. But some of those families who survived have an active interest in seeing some of these types of details buried in the rubble of the Dominion War. I believe there are those who are perfectly willing to change how they do things now, but are also perfectly willing to hide their complicity in what took place before. Please don't be offended by this. Highly offensive thing you're about to say. Right. That's what it always that's what it always precedes. Please, please don't be offended by this, but how are you any different? You claim it, you do different now. But admit to crimes of your past. If these members of Cardassian society have moved beyond the war crimes that they previously committed and are now trying to turn over a new leaf, how is that any different than what you're doing? How can you condemn them? And yet sit here comfortable and on a resort planet this is a little blunt sometimes sorry justification is an interesting instrument it can be as blunt as a hammer or as precise as a scalpel it can show you things with the finest detail of a multi-spectrum telescope or blur the lines like faded sea glass on a drab dreary day I can sit here and tell you the tales of my enemies and those who used to work for me, with me, or against me and their crimes, because I have no guilt whatsoever in punishing those who committed crimes against the Bajoran people. My crimes, the things I did, were internal matters. Matters of Cardassian state, never matters of racism, elitism. My crimes were not even crimes on Cardassia, and I operated exclusively within our territories, and rarely, if ever, against any from outside of our people, unless those people came to us to do harm. That said... Does that allow you to sleep at night? I sleep perfectly fine every night. Fantastic. I'm more than With happy one to... eye open. Uh, seems like a very uncomfortable way to sleep. I worry about... Those who are actively working to escape punishment from the Bajoran people. I care more about my family and my family line than most. And yet you are here and not on Cardassia. We're happy to give you a ride back. We can swing by. 
Uh, or you can catch a connecting shuttle from a- There is no member of my family on Cardassia that sees the world as I see them. My only hope for having my family continue in a positive way in this world is through my granddaughter. And so I would like to speak with her. And I offer my information to you as a sign of good faith, knowing that there is more to follow. And I'm hoping that my granddaughter would come to visit me. I am not a parent as of yet, but my past hosts have plenty of memories of such familial ties, and they usually don't involve bartering in the exchange for evidence of war crimes as part of the touchy-feely good way to begin building a relationship amongst your long-lost kin. But we do things differently on Trump. I don't wish to judge your culture. He says, so, while super judging his culture. I say he says judgmentally <laughs> as hell. <laughs> Which N- Najar can hear the judgment. It, it, no offense, but... Yeah. yeah. Trying his absolute best to not give this up, Lucen actually points at you while he's looking at it, like he's facing a different way, and, and his hand just like points at you. You can tell he's looking at you through his, like, left ear but i uh, that's above his left ear and he like and his hand like points and huh? <laughs> and then he recognizes that was not something he should do and he like snaps to and just folds his arm and literally holds yeah. his other arm so like it can't just hop out randomly Shadok smiles slightly and goes we all judge the question is, do we let those judgments steer our decisions? I will take yes, and understand your judgment. <laughs> so I am happy to pass your request on to my officer, but I will neither encourage her nor discourage her from seeking you out. As I said, I'm happy to uh, Take you to Astalon Station, where you will have a greater chance of connecting with her as the Dolomus Christian is based out of there. No, thank you. Mm. He hands you a small crystal and says, this is the holodeck program. And he hands you a pad that has the manuscripts for the new Conundrum Tales. And he says, when you're in a secure location away from here and away from prying eyes, read the novel within the holodeck simulation. The information I discussed will be uncoded for you. Be very careful, however. This information can be documented and or recorded manually, but it cannot be digitally reproduced. 
which means whatever protocols you have in your holodex will not capture video, audio, or data from either of these devices. It has been designed to avoid that. Attempts to circumvent that programming would destroy this data. But it is there for you and whatever team you deem necessary to gather the information and provide it to whomever you trust. But be aware, it includes the location of Arza's father. So who you choose to entrust with this information, I leave to you, Captain. And then he had you a separate crystal, and he says, this is a small hollow program. doesn't require a holodeck, and feel free to check its secure nature. But it is designed for my granddaughter, and it is my offer to have her visit me, my personal message to her. I offer this other information not as a bartering trip but merely as a sign of good faith. As far as further information, that may be a bargaining chip. But I trust very few individuals in this world. A trifle few of them wear Starfleet uniforms, if any. So whether or not I find out that my daughter even got this message determines whether you get more of that information. That is my bargain with you. My offer to my granddaughter is clear. It is clean. It is cleaner than the conscious I hope to restore in myself. But it's late. And I'm sure that you need to catch your rest before the hunt. The vids indicate that you're already signed up. Indeed. Good luck. I stand up, take two steps towards the door, and then I turn back over my shoulder. And I'm like, the word of Starfleet is not in question here. I have given you my word. She will get this. He leans over and flashes a smile to you and he says, everyone's word is always in question. Otherwise, everyone could be trusted. And that is why the Federation will exist long after all other empires crumble to dust in the stars. And I turn around and walk out. And with that... The scene ends. Do you want early access to every Tabletop Journeys episode? How about exclusive content, live broadcasts, and the chance to throw dice with your favorite hosts and fellow fans? Or, heck, do you just want to support the show? Join our Patreon today at www.patreon.com slash ttjourneys. We have tiers to fit any budget for a monthly commitment, or you can make a one-time contribution to the cause. 
We love doing the show for y'all, and support helps us keep creating and producing great content for you. So join us today at www.patreon.com slash ttjourneys. Morning arises, the sun is beautiful, it's a beautiful day, cool crisp air comes in. There's a big bay near this city, and so it just, it, the air smells even sweeter than it did before, like, like, some kind of weird mixture of flavors and sensations, but it just feels almost like warm, sweet bread with just the right amount of butter on it has that sense and that sensibility. It's just really, like, just comforting. But it's a scent, and it's in the air, and it's very strange. So I'll make sure that the the various hollow program chips and everything get put in the safe. All right. So in the morning... Um, Staff is there. Marlena is not there, but Tatron uh, does uh, show up, and she says, So, with the hunt beginning shortly, would you prefer to breakfast before or go straight to the grounds to begin the hunt? No, we must definitely breakfast before. You go through all the normal things that you see in the tram. The the Sunni and Android will... Do the same things, make the same offers. I'm assuming you tell them to not talk again. Yep. Okay. So you'll go through town and you'll get to this large, almost like park near the bay. And there'll be various tents that are set up for dining. And there's a, a continent, continental breakfast of sorts with foods from all the different major species there. So there's all kinds of great things for the folks to dine on. You're going through line. You see Lucin just trying different things. He does have a fairly good-sized bowl of gach, because that works. He likes it. The, the, he, he tells you, as they move around, it's really exciting. It feels good. <laughs> Go up to one of the assistants and excuse me. I was wondering if you could point me to one of the Earth traditions for breakfast. Certainly, and they point to a table, and yeah. they've got specifically. It's I heard it's a tropical thing. Where is the Jimmy Buffett? There is a table that has. A, a number of things there that parrot heads would be very familiar with, but, but no in addition, salt on the table. Yeah, but no salt on the table. Always on the rims but of the glasses. Where is the goddamn salt? <laughs> exactly, it's on the rims of the glasses. Um, Margarita, uh, but not in the shake, but not in the shaker. But there's all kinds. There's mimosas. There's there's all kinds. My ties. There's all kinds of great drinks there. All the good stuff. And. Everybody grabs breakfast. You sit down. Other people there that are beginning are there. And you'll, what you'll notice is that there are teams of four that are set up for each of these hunts. And then you, they, there's like a, a light horn that kind of blows. And you see that every table of guests has an attendant that kind of 
a concierge that works with them uh, to trend seems to be your concierge and she comes over and the other people are going over to their tables and basically telling them that things are about to start and they ask you to come forward and there's like a big area and like little automated drones taking pictures and then you can notice that there are um like view screens that kind of show the public of the various teams or whatever and there's this big thing where they talk about oh the, our, our wonderful guests are going to take part in the hunt and we're about to begin the decision of bones and as you're there you get to take this moment almost metagame i should have actually asked this before you left your bungalows but what did you take with you to this breakfast and for this hunt is there anything special or uh, that you would want to have other than your vacation clothes um and your com comms badges and yeah anything other than your vacation clothes and comms badges and how would you be carrying that knowing that there are no other people that have bags or things of that nature yeah so since we're doing a, a scavenger hunt i sabian is in like full khaki safari gear with the safari vest, like two bandoliers left with like tricorders and hypo sprays and every possible gadget he can like stuff like he's like super crazy, duper over prepared. And he's also got one of those safari hats with the one wing turned up and he's just all in. Tricorders, hypo sprays grappling cables like anything you could possibly need excellent tanari tanari because it's called a hunt is dressed in the same kind of uniform commander shran was in back in the days of enterprise okay um, he does have his tricorder with him the only other thing special he's carrying with him he is carrying his ushan just because they called it a hunt excellent <clears throat> and Najar. So Najar is dressed similar to how he was yesterday. It's even the same Hawaiian shirt because he doesn't have one. He bought it after we got here because he felt like he needed to blend in more. And he's got his camera, which I, I picture as having some other semi-tricorder-ish functionalities in terms of determining light and things like that. But he would probably have a tricorder as well because you never know what you're going to need on a hunt for investigating. And since he's not allowed to carry an energy weapon, Najar is probably carrying a knife of some form, but it's probably not large and ostentatious. It's probably like a folding lock-bladed multi-tool pocket knife kind of thing but that fits okay. the hand well with a locking blade that it could be used as an improvised weapon. All right. Sounds good. Son comes in dressed as he was. He has replaced his sandals with standard footgear, like hiking boot type footgear. He does have like fingerless gloves on now on all three hands. And he also has a, a pad device with him, which Tenari will recognize is not a standard pad. It has a connection that seems a little different, almost like a transmitter type thing. You'd have to look at it or investigate it a little further to get any additional details. But actually, go it's over definitely to not a standard pad. Go over to him and say, ooh, that's neat. 
kind of talk yeah um he's like i was working with some of your folks and they were trying to set me up with the way to pilot our shuttles with a pad um with my particular skills i think i might be able to with some training be able to pilot two shuttles at a time that's nice that's impressive we're working on it it's a work in progress but if we could do that might come in handy and he is whispering at this point when he says mm-hmm. it's an but please don't tell lieutenant arza or the cap or the c- captain just yet i really want to surprise them if i can get this to work right but i need some more time with your guys and uh to make sure we can do it well we've got a lot of holodeck simulations but i figure if something goes wrong here I might at least be able to get the shuttle to, to lift off or do some kind of prep or whatever to get here. So, As long as it's a surprise, it's not the shuttle crashing, it's all good. I have never crashed a ship in reality. No one ever plans to, Najar says darkly and walks on. Is he ever in a good mood? <laughs> I've seen him once or twice. I've got eight eyes, eight sets of eyes. If you've seen him once or twice, that must be a rare occasion because I've never seen it. <laughs> By the way, I will say one thing. You're not really a Starfleet pilot until you've crashed at least one ship. Here's to never being a real Starfleet pilot. <laughs> Savian yet again has another crazy colored beverage in a with a swirly hue straw. I'm and surprised what, you didn't go with the pith helmet and the two uh, canisters. And <laughs> we're, we're getting there. All right, that's tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> you can tell us uh, with that. You approach. <laughs> yeah. Um, with that, you get to this, uh, this the center square where everybody's doing things, and your everybody's concierge brings the, walks over with a, a a plate. It's actually a duranium plate, and you do this in very ceremonial fashion. And then there's in multiple languages playing at the same times. So you hear it because you've got the universal translator in your own languages. But it basically talks about in the days of old. Warriors, wise people, heroes of the Takaran people were sent on a hunt to find wisdom, to find food, to find resources, to find territories, to find salvation. We honor those early hunts which were about life and limb and liberty. We honor those old traditions today, but now we continue the hunt as a means of sharing ourselves with those who come from far away. Through this hunt, may you have a connection with the Takarans of old the Takarans of antiquity and the Takarans of today. 
and may we sit at a table when the hunt is finished as brethren who have shared this experience culturally individually spiritually the decision of the bones is upon you and this platter comes out and it is literally has two dice there are two dice polyhedral dice 20 sides each and it is handed to your group please roll and that shall decide the first of the challenges in your individual hunt and so would one of you choose to pick up a pair of 20-sided dice and roll and tell me that number commander yeah that clearly is the commander's job You want the total? Yes. 39. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's a good row. <laughs> to which your concierge then holds the plate up high. And the camera shows the, the roll and says... To the mountains, they must go. And you'll see other people have their various things. There's different groups that'll do different things. And uh, at this is that point, good or bad, it's new. Your concierge is in performance mode, so they're not responding. But she walks away, and then what you were at that point, somebody else comes over and says. Um, your first challenge is to go to the top of the mountain and points to the mountain that's on the outskirts of town make the ascent and locate the coin of zandas and bring that back to this point and with that they point to the mountains and you can see from this part of town that the, and then there's a camera showing the mountains and you can see where there's a trail that takes off so at the city at the base of the mountain there's this nice gateway that talks that shows it and you can go up and there's like this touristy area and then you can see it goes off like at a certain point it ends being a trail and it ends up being basic a mountain hike through various terrain types is it like that episode of The Simpsons where they're like, the murder horn, and it points to it. It's like, no, not that one. Who, the one, no, not that one. The next one that's even. <laughs> not quite like that. But yeah, there's only one path that they lead you to as far as where to start. But they do point to the top of the mountain. So this is not that mountain I spoke about earlier that escapes the atmosphere. This is a different mountain, but it goes fairly high. Something that can certainly be hiked in a day, but it is definitely, you can tell by looking at it, there's going to be some difficulties and terrain and such. Najar? Najar's just standing there looking up, and then he turns to Lucian and says, about that remote shuttlecraft? <laughs> By the way, Najar, you'll be yes, definitely sir. picking up that Tanari is feeling uneasy. Okay. As we approach a mountain... Is that what triggered it? More, Ever since more. we've been in this clearing. 
the clearing outside at the base of the trail. Since we've been out in the open. Okay. Open spaces, not inside yeah. walls and close buildings and things mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Yep. All right. Who all remembers their Starfleet survival training? <laughs> Let's go, everyone. And also, just to remind you, Lee Winika, I think I brought it up at character creation. Tanari does have a touch of agoraphobia because of the fact I do. that he was I in a starship. I remember so, that greatly. However, that kicks in the in the difficulties. Yep. Or it could so, add a complication and get you a determination point. Yep. Based yep. off of one of your values. That is, in fact, in one of my values. Dark comment about the crash thing was background related as well. There's two events in his career. One was death of a friend, which I wrote as being a shuttle accident before my next random encounter, which was ship destroyed. Yeah. So I, I've been through both a shuttle crash and a full on ship. Mm. You must love a good pilot. <laughs> mm. As the basically, you're led by tram to the base of the mountain, and then you can begin your ascent. Anything that any of you are doing through the early part of the ascent, there's no roll at this point. It's basically walking upstairs. It is, they are fairly steep. And it does take a while. We're talking a couple hours at a normal pace. If you all wish to increase your pace to do this faster, you do know that the hunt, because there are multiple teams doing different things, there is a bit of a competition element to this. So being faster at doing things will definitely put you ahead of other teams. Each individual event is individually timed. Your time over other teams and events will improve your overall score for the hunt because you are in competition with other folks. And this is where the you're on vacation, but there is that Starfleet mission to show that Starfleet is good at things and can win over the population. Being good at the thing that they find culturally significant is one of those types of things that would be in keeping with that part of the overall goals here. With that, you can choose to, you are no role to simply make this leg of the trip, or you can choose to increase your pace, which would give you a one difficulty to uh, do this um, kind of role as an individual basis. Anybody who fails or gets a complication will simply have some static effects added or make other parts of this trip harder overall. But again, you're at a, you're only at a one. Tanari, we are on a course that is open, and as you continue up, mm-hmm. the landscape only gets wider and more, so you would your individual difficulty for this would be a two. Mm-hmm. As we're all starting to feel it a little bit, Najar glances at the commander and glances at Lucian again and says, what, we figure the shuttlecraft's against the rules? Were there rules? There weren't spoken rules, but it does seem pretty clear that using equipment to get to the top wouldn't be in keeping because it's a timed event. So you could, I mean, in theory, you could ask your shuttle to beam you up, but it doesn't appear that there's that would be in keeping with cultural norms. You could always ask to find out, 
but there doesn't seem to be anything that was told. There, these rules don't appear to be written down. They didn't give you a list of rules. You're finding things about this as they're telling you based on what they're telling you. So you can either do it on your own and find out what happens. Trying to find out. Or you could. Uh, or, let's, uh, that's my one. Let's respect, their, uh, let's respect their traditions for now, Mr. Najar. Come on, let's pick it up a bit. Tanari looks up at the mountain and says, well, at least it's cold up there. There you go. That's the it spirit. is getting chillier by the foot of elevation. Yep. So with that, difficulty of one for most, two for Tanari, we'll start with Najar. If you would care to tell me how you ascend, and I will then assign appropriate role parameter information. How do you feel about fitness security? I definitely see fitness. Security, unlike all of the other uh, disciplines, requires physical fitness. Okay. For I like that. That uh, makes sense to me. Various performings of its duties. It's the only one that made any sense to me. Okay. I will go with that. Okay. And it's a success of one, or a difficulty of one. I have two successes. Neither of them critical, unfortunately. Excellent. That gives you one momentum. We are at three threat and five momentum. Najar, you were able to get through with no negative impacts to future roles at this stage. Your Starfleet training, your security training, your physical regime has benefited you enough to get you through this leg without being worse for wear. Lieutenant Tanari. Okay. Tanari is basically looking up, facing down his fears of being in an open planet, which, by the way, just isn't natural. And muscling forward. And because he's facing his fears and doing this and going up could I make a argument for doing daring security? Yeah, I think so. All right. Now I just have this picture of a, a Vidian like parkouring his way through <laughs> this mountain trail, leaping <laughs> off of boulders. And because he's trying to face his fears, does my composure focus? count yes okay then i would like to spend a momentum for an extra dice okay all right my difficulty is 14 i got an 8 a 12 and an 8 for three successes excellent i don't break down yet all right, that's going to give you one more momentum back. So net, you recover that which you spent. You're keeping pace and getting things done faster. I would guess that anyone who is paying attention will notice that Tanari is a little more paler blue than normal. Lucian is definitely attempting, but he is using fitness 
calm because he is navigating his steps to make each bit of travel a little easier. So he's navigating the course as well as possible. His focus of ground tactics, something he picked up during his security training, is definitely coming into play in this particular case. And in security, you would recognize that he is exhibiting some skills, Najar, that are very close to a very famous security officer who did some special training at the academy, and that being Tuvok, who did some training, who did a couple courses upon their return from the Delta Quadrant, like taught a few courses. So he's exhibiting, he's doing some skill things that you've heard about, like you've watched some hollow vids, so you're aware that he has had that specific ground tactics training. And that has served him exceptionally well. Lucin rolls a three and a four for two successes, which will net one momentum for the crew. Just, oh, Khan is a three. That he, he actually, you get a momentum spend at this point. And unless anybody has any alternate ideas, he would basically use this to make travel in general for this scene better for everybody in that he's very good and at recognizing and pointing out where to step safe places to step so any travel issues throughout the rest of this scene have a reduced difficulty one he's basically using his momentum the momentum to provide a beneficial trait for everyone why don't you take the lead lucian he does as asked take the lead and you notice that he moves and his third arm is constantly pointing where to go. So you, as you are following Lucian at this point, Commander Tobor, your difficulty is zero, but you would still roll for the purposes of momentum and or complication. Yeah, so I guess I will use fitness. I assume fitness con as well. However, I do have the talent did the reading, so I've quickly absorbed all the the maps and the terrain information. So I'm going to spend one momentum to use my science discipline instead and get a as act as though I have an applicable focus of land navigation. Sweet. So and I'm going to just take the two normal dice and I got a 7 and a 19 one success all right that uh replaces the momentum spent we remain at three threat five momentum everybody makes it through of this leg of the travel it is a couple hours in and what you notice is the temperature starts getting very cold everybody but tanari will now have an increased difficulty at this stage it is there is more travel to be had because of that advantage, that's a net plus one in this case, as far as the difficulty. I'd like to spend two momentum to pop out from my safari pack and hand everyone thermal warming gel packs to put inside their clothing. <laughs> I, yes, absolutely. Thereby negating that additional difficulty. We are still at a base difficulty of one 
at this point versus what would have increased to a two. Lieutenant Tenari, you remain at a two because your agoraphobia issue it, it continues. And at That's this point, like, blinders like horses have. <laughs> yeah. Similar rolls. Everybody needs to make their rolls. Difficulty remains the same as the last time. We'll move in the same order. Lieutenant Najar? Two successes. Excellent. Four momentum total. Lieutenant Tanari? Okay. I am going to spend a point of momentum again. Okay. Three successes. Excellent. That gives you one momentum. You're carrying on. My Starfleet trains in those team times with the counselor are still holding on. Lucian makes his roll. He gets one success, which is enough in this particular case to keep going. And kept, uh, Commander Tobor. Six and a three, so three successes. One, two, and that gives you a bonus one momentum spend. All right. I'm going to, again, with the bonus, the well, the seventh momentum and the sixth one will create an advantage, um, like, we're properly geared up. I pull out everything here here's i like break out the rations like everyone snack up gotta keep your energy going all right excellent i like that so we'll apply another uh down difficulty uh trait to what goes on here so we are down two in general tenari is a plus one let's keep that in line the weather starts getting very bad though it starts getting overcast it starts to rain at this point Footing becomes a little more challenging, but worse, the low light, especially in some of the dips and valleys within this part of the area, visibility is greatly diminished, adding some difficulty overall. The base difficulty here is going to be three because of the low visibility and the temperature issues. It is negatively impacting Lucen, so he is down two which means his difficulty right now is operating. His difficulty is higher at a five minus the two. He's back to a three base, so he's equal the base. The rest of you are down to a one still. And Tanari, you're at a two. And taking it from the top, maintaining that same order as we go through the valley in the shadow of the mountain. Noticing Lucen's struggle, can I assist him with presence and command? Absolutely. When we get to his role, we'll definitely do that. All right. What's my difficulty? Your difficulty is three. I'm sorry, one. Base three minus the two. Your difficulty total is one. I said, wow, that jumped quick. Okay, so I'll do a straight roll again. And as I am rubbing my arms a little bit and... Uh, I thanked Captain Togor for his preparedness with the uh, warm packs, etc. I do mumble something along the lines of, 
I don't know. About the time I freeze to death on the way up a mountain, it stops being a fun vacation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Lieutenant. What's a little hypothermia amongst Among friends? I understand, sir. <laughs> I have two successes because one of them was critical, fortunately. I only needed one, so it would have worked either way. I've got an 18 and a 2. But I assumed that my focus in survival would, would automatically kick it. It does. And that puts you over the top. You've got a momentum spend. It's not enough to actually... Okay, I will use that momentum to judge our distance and time from the top in terms of completing this ascent. And whether or not, based on how far we've come and how cold it's gotten, we can expect the conditions to get much worse. You can expect that the footing and handhold conditions to get worse. But as far as time, you've been maneuvering faster. So you pick up the pace, and your pace has consistently been stronger. Thus, the difficulties have been as high as they, as they are. So you could always slow down to make the next leg easier. Or you could maintain the same pace and the next leg's difficulty would increase some more. Bearing in mind, with the exception of Lucian who has that darkness issue, this is not particularly difficult. Join us next week for the thrilling conclusion of The Hunt on Takaris Prime.